Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics, with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Mark, welcome back to Informed Dissent. Great to be with you again. You too, Jeff. You know, since we uh, spoke the last time, there's been so much going on, and in particular as it relates to our kids. Uh, masks and vaccines for children have, been, have now become mandated without any scientific evidence to support their use in that population. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm just sick and tired of it. Um, we keep hearing over and over and over again the risk to children and the need to mask children. And quite frankly, it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It doesn't. And to have the California State Department of Health come out today with an announcement essentially ordering all schools, K-12, through public and private, to mask all of their children indoors is, in my view, really a bridge too far. You know, it's, it's funny. In the opening paragraph, and I'm, I'm reading this, the California Department of Public Health, hot off the press, today, they say in the very per- first paragraph, the scientific consensus is unequivocal. I mean, it's, ri- it's ridiculous. Scientific consensus? That's not science. That's propaganda. That's this not goes how on we do science. Two pages of this, and I looked through every single word of it, and there isn't one citation of any form of evidence. They simply uh, name different medical organizations like the American Academy of Pediatrics or the AMA that have issued these policy statements. It's, it's really um, very similar to some of the uh, left-wing news sources that will put out a statement, and then another news source will cite that statement as evidence of something happening, and right. the third one will cite the citation. It's really just sort of this circular uh, propaganda campaign. But if you go to the heart of it, you look through the, the, the actual foundation of this policy, there's nothing there. It's, it's built out of completely thin air. But the policy itself is, is quite reminiscent of... I don't, I don't know, like a socialist or communist country uh, telling their citizens what they must do. And, and here, here's, the, here's the statement. To be clear, failure to enforce the mask requirement breaches not only legal duty, but also, first and foremost, the duty of every school leader to protect students, as, as if this document and this mandate somehow protects students. You know, you and I have been talking about this for a long time. We always get questions about masks. Do masks work? Do they not work? And what should people know about masks? And it's interesting because very early in the pandemic when everybody was legitimately scared because we really didn't know what this was and how we were going to uh, treat it and how it was going to affect us when it was first, uh, when it first came on the scene, uh, this Wuhan Chinese virus. We, we looked at this evidence and, and we had every single healthcare agency without exception that came out and talked about masks correctly, saying how ineffective they are against a respiratory viral illness. The World Health Organization told us that. Even Dr. Fauci said that out loud on national TV. The CDC masks don't said work. that. The, the most prestigious medical journal in our country, the New England Journal of Medi- Medicine, had a long article that talked about the ineffectiveness of masking 
outside the hospital to prevent the spread of viral illness, they said, and I'm paraphrasing something like, the, the, the best purpose of masking may be to reduce people's anxiety and fear, not to reduce the spread of the virus. But as this illness became political more and more, the narrative changed. Fauci came out and said, just kidding, I was actually lying because I didn't want people to snatch up these masks and personal protective equipment. Uh, otherwise, first-line responders won't have them. And then the, the dominoes just fell, and everybody walked back their comment, including the New England Journal of Medicine. But the science hasn't changed. We've known about this for decades. This has been studied over and over and over again. And the fact is, masks offer little, if any, protection against the spread of disease. And I'll tell you, Mark, it's, it's pissing me off that uh, I'm the one who's called a quack and a liar and spreading misinformation when the opposite is true. And the narrative I always get is, well, well Barky, if they don't work, why does a surgeon wear a mask? They do that all the time in the operating theater. And there's so much misinformation out there. Let me answer that question first. Um, for those of you that have tuned in, and we, we appreciate it, and tuning in here to Informed Dissent, the, um, the intersection of healthcare intersection and politics. Intersection of healthcare and politics. I, I, I love that. So here's the thing. I mean, you know, when you were a resident and working in the hospital in the wards, we rotate through all the major medical specialties, including surgery. And I hated that, by the way, because my feet would hurt so bad standing there in surgery, sometimes for five, six, seven hours at a time. Anyways, yes, everybody has a mask on, but the purpose of wearing a mask has little, if anything, to do with the transmission of a viral illness. The purpose of wearing a mask is to prevent the transmission of what you had for lunch into an open wound. That's why you wear a mask. And then when you have that open wound and you're irrigating it with sterile saline, it sprays and splashes everywhere. So you don't want pieces of tissue and fluid from the body splashing into your mouth. That's why, by the way, not uncommonly every hour or so, you'll step away from the operating table and a nurse will come over and they'll change your mask for you, even wipe off your glasses that has particles and, and, uh, and, and spray and debris on it. We're trying to protect ourselves from the patient and we're trying to protect the open wound because we have to talk during surgery, talking to the other doctors, to the anesthesiologists, to the nurses. And when you talk, it's natural that you spittle a little bit, so we don't want to spittle into the open wound. That's why we wear a mask in surgery, not to prevent the transmission of a viral illness. As a matter of fact, this was studied, and I think it was Australia, but I could be wrong, where they looked at wearing masks during surgery and they took a group of surgeons and they unmasked them and they realized those that were unmasked had actually lower levels of wound infections than those that were masked. They didn't really explain why. But listen. I saw that same article and I thought that was a great point. In yeah. fact, a lot of those hospitals are now moving away from using masks in surgery, especially people that are not over the surgical wounds. And the open, uh, the open table, like the anesthesiologist, some of the support staff, they're not wearing masks. And you're right, those infection rates have not gone up at all. These masks do not prevent any form of microparticle transmission of disease. That was not what they were meant for. And, and it irritates me, too, to have to respond to people that send me Facebook points and Twitter feeds 
constantly, constantly, these comments saying, well, if, if, they, uh, if they don't work, why do the doctors always wearing them in the hospital? I mean, they know what they're doing. And, and these people are so ignorant. They don't have any medical training. They don't have any experience in uh, hygiene safety protocols in uh, preventing transmission of illness. They've never been fitted for an N95 mask with the little bee hat and the, the smell spray that gets uh, uh, shoved in the side that you have to make sure uh, of to keep a, a good a tight air seal. Nobody knows anything about this, and yet they feel completely confident in mouthing off against physicians who are speaking the same way that we've been speaking for decades, which is you do not need to wear masks outside of a hospital setting. They do not work. They actually make things worse. 100%. You know, and my local hospital has mass fitting. I think it's twice a year. Maybe it's three times. You make an appointment. You go over to the hospital. There's usually a nurse there uh, that you try on two or three different sizes of N95 masks. They come in different sizes. They also remind you how to properly put it on without inf without infecting the mask or yourself. How to properly take it off. There's a there's an, a skill to that. And then remember the reason why we wear a mask in a hospital. If you're taking care of a patient in a hospital. I don't do that anymore. Early in my career, I did that. I don't anymore as most hospitals now institute hospitalists, that is physicians that specialize in hospital medicine. They don't have an office outside the hospital. All they do is take care of hospitalized medicine, hospitalized patients. It's much more efficient than having a primary care doctor or an internist that has an otherwise busy office practice to try to get over to the hospital early in the morning and make rounds over lunch and so forth. It's much better for the patient to have a dedicated person. So anyways, if you wear a mask and you're taking care of somebody with an infectious disease, there's a protocol to that. Before you go in the room, you put on your pr protective equipment. It's a mask. It's a little beanie that fits over your hat. You look like a, like a chef almost. You wear gloves, you wear a gown, you walk in, you take care of the patient, you do your, do your thing. Maybe it's 10 or 15 minutes in the exam room. But here's the key. You walk out of the exam room, and you know what you do with that equipment? You throw the trash. You don't take the mask off and put it on your arm or slip it in your back pocket or, God forbid, over the, over the uh, rearview mirror of your car. You don't do that. You put it in a hazardous waste bin. And that is the proper use of, a, of personal protective equipment and masks. I see this all the time, and it's almost, it's, you know, it's, it's terrible because I, I've gotten used to it. But you see, still see people outside by themselves walking with a mask on, masks over, slipped over people's forearms, over their rearview mirror. You know, I, I, it was funny. My wife and I traveled recently, and I sent you this picture from the airplane uh, of this guy he doesn't just have a mask on. He's got this space hood on with this clear plastic thing in front. I swear I thought maybe we got onto Virgin Galactica and we were heading to the moon or something, let alone uh, just across country. Um, it's, it's ridiculous. It's reached a level of, you know, I, I don't know. It, it's, it's crazy. And, you know, you were recently in a panel discussion uh, for a county board of education and specifically, you were asked to share your perspective on the effects of uh, CRT, critical race theory and ethnic studies was the topic. But more importantly is what's the effect of children bombarding them with propaganda over and over and over again? And you shared some really interesting insight of a patient that you had 
and your perspective. This is not about CRT. This is about the result of the propaganda and how propaganda in just such a short period of time can create behavioral changes and psychological uh, damage to the people that are listening and believing and walking. It's like a really bad Netflix movie, and that's what we're seeing. Can you share with us uh, your experience in that panel and the story that you shared? Of course. You know, what I said before I shared my story uh, with the audience about this patient, which I think is a great illustration of what I think is happening to kids all across the country right now, is that we all know, we all know deep down that these masks really don't do any good. However, the people that continue to use them, and I'm not talking about people in restaurants that have to because their boss is worried about the health department. And, you know, They pull them down as soon as they leave and throw them in the trash. I'm talking about people who choose freely to wear these masks, especially people outside. There's a lot of them too. They're everywhere. You walk around Los Angeles, you can't even uh, go half a block before you run into half a dozen of them. The, uh, the, the, the governor of Oregon just a couple days ago instituted an outdoor mask mandate for all people down to age two, outdoor mask mandate throughout the entire state. Insane. Utter insanity. Absolutely crazy. Uh, this is after she uh, eliminated high school graduation requirements in order to be kind to minority students. So no expectations is kindness. But that's another story. What I said was the people that are wearing these masks they know that they don't work, but they do it anyway. So why? Now, initially it was fear, and then it was compliance. But I do not believe that that is the case anymore. What I think is happening is, for adults, for adults, I think that this is an expression of narcissism. I think this is selfishness. I think this is people pointing out visibly by putting something on their face that I am better than you, that I am morally justified in claiming my superiority as a virtuous citizen over you, you who chooses not to wear the mask. So how does this affect kids? Well, when kids are subjected to seeing adults with masks on and being told that they have to wear it, what they end up doing is turning into scared, shamed, and intimidated socially maladept little kids. This boy that came into my practice was about eight. His mother was wearing a mask. He was wearing a mask. They both had phones out, iPads. I told them when they came in, you know, it's all right. You can take the mask off. It's, it's safe to do that. They hadn't been in my office in 18 months. They had been seeing me through Zoom because they were scared of leaving their house. So after 18 months of being locked inside, they come out, they go to my office, and they sit down to have their little conversation about this anxiety child. And the mother, she takes her mask off to her credit. What does the boy do? He just sits there and stares at me and looks down at his iPad. So I turned to him and I said, you know, you can take your mask off too. It's fine. And he said, oh, no, I can't. <laughs> well, why not? <laughs> well, you know, Dr. McDonald, that Delta, that Delta variant is everywhere. And if I take my mask off, I'm going to breathe on someone and I'm going to kill him. I could kill my own mother. And if I don't, I'll probably die myself. And I just looked at him completely bewildered and aghast. And I said, do you really believe that? He said, well, absolutely. Well, why? Because that's what everybody's telling me. He had been sitting on this stupid iPad and his stupid phone and a computer for a year and a half, listening to news broadcasts and hearing his parents and his parents' friends tell him that if he 
were to take off his mask, he would both be a victim and an oppressor at the same time. <laughs> you can't get away. <laughs> you, you got it coming and you got it going. Now, you can't blame the kid for that, right? I mean, it's not his fault. They don't, they don't know any better. The, no, the parents, it's not his The fault. parents are driving this. The parents are driving it as a vehicle for the propaganda. The parents were acting as a medium through which, a conduit really, for all the propaganda to spread. The parents didn't separate or cut off this boy from the, the outside world propaganda, but they did cut him off from his friends. They did come, cut him off from school. They cut him off from healthy interaction with his environment. And so what was the result? Well, this is what the mother said. In the last year, he's become unable to play with his friends. He's been unable to return to sleepovers. He's been unable to get away from me for more than a few minutes at a time without crying. He's anxious. He's irritable. He's completely addicted to the iPad. If you take it away from him, he has a tantrum. And he did, actually, in the office. And I had to hand, his mother had to hand him her own cell phone to keep him from going bonkers. All of this is happening because of this, this insistence that adults uh, place on children that this mask is somehow like a, a respirator for somebody on scuba diving. And if they take it off, they're going to drown. And if they drown, they'll probably pull someone down under the rock with them, and then everybody will, will go. It's unbelievable. So it's, it's awful. It's, it's just horrid. And I really, uh, I'm, I'm really concerned about what's going to happen when all of these mandates eventually end, if they ever do. I don't think the children are actually going to be able to drop the masks and feel comfortable. I had a friend uh, who lives back east whose kid is in high school, and he was just walking around with him outside on the way to a, uh, a store, and he, he caught his son putting his mask on while he was walking around outside. And this is not a family that was wearing masks. And he said, hey, why are you, why are you wearing a mask? And he turned to his father and he said, Dad, I just feel more comfortable with this yes. thing on. Yes, you know, I just feel more comfortable. <laughs> I, had a, I had a patient. That's not, where we are now. I had a patient not long ago. It was a little kid, probably ten years old. Came in with his father. He hurt his ankle uh, playing ball outside. Uh, dad was not wearing a mask, sitting in a chair. Kid was on the exam table wearing a mask, and I and I looked at dad. I looked at the kid. I said, "It's it's okay. You can take that off. You don't need to wear the mask. It's safe in here." And uh, you're not at risk. And he looked back and forth between me and his dad. And his dad kind of shook his head in acknowledgement that it was okay, son. You could take the mask off. And finally, he looked at me and he said, it's okay. I'm used to it. I want to leave it on. And, you know, the, the uh, Department of Health, California Department of Public Health, uh, Thomas Aragon, MD, and uh, a DRPH, Doctor of Public Health, I guess that means. He's the Director and State Public Health Officer. If you're listening to this, you should send him a polite uh, but strong uh, uh, email or letter uh, asking him to change this position. But, but listen to this. Talk about propaganda. And here's a paragraph from this four- or five-page report that was sent out. Opposition to mask requirements is based on misinformation. And it goes on and says, first, masking does not pose health risks for children. And then it says, furthermore, and, and this is a joke. This has to be a joke. This is, this is like, it's not even Babylon B, it's Dystopian B. Yeah, it's a new, that's a new site we gotta create, Dystopian B. 
Um, I'll, and it's, I'll base it off of uh, the old the old Pravda broadcast from the Soviet exactly. Union. Exactly. Here's what it says. Furthermore, there is no scientific evidence that masks have an adverse mental health impact in contrast to the ample evidence that masks prevent illness, school absences, and even death. This is kids. Even death. The hell are they talking about? You look at the CDC's own data, not conspiracy theory, Barky and McDonald data, CDC's own data. It shows that if you're less than 18 years old, the risk of dying of COVID-19 is less than 99.997%. That The number is so huge as far as the, the lack of kids dying. It's almost, it's, it's hard to even put your hands around a number like that, but to put things in perspective. We know that kids are at greater risk of dying, young kids, from seasonal influenza. We've never done this during flu season. Never, ever, ever do we close schools or mask kids during flu season. We've never done it. A kid literally has a higher risk of dying in a car accident, driving to school or leaving school, than they do of, of dying from COVID-19. Yet, here it is. No scientific evidence that masks have an adverse mental health impact. What the hell is he talking about? The highest really hasn't been to my office. Suicide, suicidal ideation has increased. Teen suicide, the highest we've ever seen in this country during the pandemic. Depression elevated, anxiety elevated, learning disorders elevated. What the hell is he talking about? And this is even outside of school. Kids in your office, kids in my office, we're seeing it all over the place. The nerve of him putting out this propaganda and it's it's a lie is what it is. It's a lie to infect people with misinformation so they will follow uh, the rules and abide by the law, abide by his law anyways. It's sickening. It's absolutely sickening. And unfortunately now this, this rule that's now been put into place uh, has grave consequences for schools that say, uh, no, I don't think so. I'm not going to abide by this. It doesn't make sense to me. And in fact, it causes more harm than good. So we're not going to mask our kids in school. They can't do that for fear of there will be uh, consequences to the school. Money could be taken away. Schools could be closed. The school administration that is uh, imposing a contrary perspective could be fined, uh, could be jailed. It's, it's like the Soviet Union. I mean, I think you, based on this, you might even have more freedom in China than you do right now in the People's Republic of California. That's how bad it is. And that's why anybody listening... On September 14th, you damn well better, better be voting to recall our governor because our governor needs to go. We need to restore California uh, to the land of, of the free that it was you know, some 20 years ago. It's ridiculous what's going on here. There's something else that they're, that they're doing and in, in, in implying in that paragraph you read that just came to me as you, were, as you were talking about it, and that is that they're implying when they say that schools that don't follow these mandates may end up needing to be closed, they're implying that failure to follow this mandate is going to lead to illness and death, and therefore the state will have to shut the school down. Exactly. If you, if you take this to a societal level, what they're implying is, um, 
is kind of like uh, suggesting that someone go and kill someone next door to you. You know, it would be really sad if that person were to fall off his balcony and break his neck, hint, hint. And so what people are doing, they're taking the cue. And when you have somebody, a parent, say, or a group of, of teachers who go up to their school principal and say, you know what, we really just don't think these mask mandates make any sense. Can we just give the, the, the children a choice? Just let them choose. Let the parents choose. Well, then what happens is all the other parents that want to wear the mask, they all say, you know what, if we let them get away with this, if we let you get away with this and not wear a mask, the state's going to shut down our school and you're going to be responsible for it. You are going to be responsible right. parent. You're going to be responsible teacher or principal, not the state. Yeah. It's like saying, well, you know what, we're all living in the concentration camp <laughs> and we're all, we're all starving and we're all being abused. And one guy makes a run for it. He violates the prison camp rules that you don't get to escape. He runs for it. He jumps the fence. The guards drag him back, and they beat him half to death. And then they go and they beat everyone else in the camp. Yeah. And what do the people in the camp say? They say, it's his fault, the escapee's fault, that we got beaten. And they don't turn to the guards. Right. It's no longer the guards. The ones that are beating us, they're not at fault. The state's not at fault. It's us. It's all of us. So what yeah. they're doing, and this is how propaganda works, is they turn people against one another. They set up separate groups like mask, anti-mask, vaccine, anti-vaccine. And then they, they just throw this meat into the middle and they cause people to start fighting. And then they can back away and they can absolve themselves of responsibility. Yeah. I think that is ultimately their, their plan. And they then, there's, then the solution between the two warring groups is larger, more tyrannical government to impose the rules. And that's exactly what's happening. And the hypocrisy of it all, of, the, of those that are imposing these rules, I know there's a, a, a recent uh, post that somebody shot of Nancy Pelosi at a big gathering of people crowded together, none of whom were wearing masks except the the wait staff, of course, of Gavin Newsom, uh, who, of course, continues to show up in various places without a mask on. Um, it's it's ridiculous. Do as I say, not as I do. And um, it's just it's crazy. It's crazy. So, you know, mass mandates, schools, uh, etc., defying science and so forth. And this applies, by the way, to all public and private schools. What the heck is the solution? What's a parent to do that doesn't want their kid to be wearing a mask at a school? What do, what do, what do they do? Well, other than voting out the warden on September 14th, if you're a California resident, you need to pull your kids out of school. 100%. I have parents telling me, they come in every day. I, get, I got seven email messages just in the last 24 hours from parents, and these are parents all over the country, not just in California, saying to me, what do I do? My city, school, county, state has a mask mandate, and I don't want my kid to wear a mask, and I don't know what to do. I can't get an exemption. The exemption is going to be closed down. The principal says I'm going to be thrown out, and my kid's not going to be able to go to school, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And I listen to this literally every day. And at this point, my answer is take your kid out of school. You can organize, you can get parents together, you can try to fight it. But now the state itself in California is saying, even if 100% of the students and teachers and even the principal himself don't want it, too bad, you have to wear a mask. So yep. at this point, I don't think there's any other solution. Everyone has to yank their kids. That is the only way that we can send a message to the people that are holding the, the keys to the cell and make sure the cells open up and we can get out of this prison. 100%. And we're seeing that fortunately more and more. 
the parents have been expressing their anger at school board meetings, and rightfully so. And there have been a few uh, courageous school boards that have said, we're not going to impose this mass mandate. There's some flexibility in the rules, and we just aren't going to do it. Now the California Department of Public Health has said, no, local control is a, is a misnomer. It's not, it doesn't exist anymore. We will control your school from Sacramento, and you no longer have the right locally to make decisions based on your constituents that have elected you. You no longer are in control. The state is in control. And this accounts for both public and private schools. I do think, Mark, I agree with you that at this point in California and the country, the only solution at this point that is viable is pull your kids out of the damn government schools. And I'll tell you, it's not just about masks. Masks definitely are the target right now of why you should pull your kids. But the curriculum that's going on, the ineffectiveness of the education process, our kids can't read, write, do math at grade level, and now they're directly being harmed by Sacramento by imposing a level of control and obedience and the mark of the mask that we know without question causes direct harm to our children psychological harm, physical harm, and it's wrong. And it's our job as a parent to protect our kids, number one. It's not the role of the government to do that. It's my role as a dad to protect my son and daughter. And we've got to sacrifice ourselves by pulling the kids out of school, even if it means you got to stay home or make other arrangements and it's more difficult for your career. It is absolutely the right thing to do, I'm convinced. If not now, when? That's what I tell them. If not now, when? Pay the price now or you will be paying the price forever. Absolutely. And for those that are listening, uh, we appreciate you tuning in to Informed Dissent. You can also learn more uh, if you go to our website, informeddissentmedia.com, informeddissentmedia.com, and spread the word to your friends and family. Uh, The more listeners, the better. We want to get the truth out there, not the propaganda. The way you fight propaganda is with truth, and we hope to be a source of that truth for you. You've been listening to Informed Dissent with Dr. Jeff Barkey, board-certified primary care physician, and Dr. Mark McDonald, board-certified child, adolescent, and adult psychiatrist. Informed Dissent, the intersection of healthcare and politics.